good to see so many kids here today. Um, my wife did get the, the list for those that are uh, going to the couples retreat. There's a list over there that uh, gives you what you ought to bring. It also gives you kind of an idea of the schedule, uh, what's going on that week, the, those uh, couple of days. So it really is a good, a good time, and it's an encouraging time. It's super laid back. And uh, we, we want you to go, and we'll, obviously you'll get something from the Word of God, but it, it'll also just be a nice, relaxing time for you to enjoy uh, the company and, and uh, you, lots of alone time there, too, where you can enjoy that, too. So love for you to be able to go if you would like. Um, don't be intimidated by it. It really is a, a wonderful time, and love for you to be able to go. So... Uh, make sure and sign up, and, and uh, we'll get you all that information. Take your Bibles to Psalm 3. Psalm 3. <clears throat> I want to be a help today, and I, I, I love how uh, God's Word is relevant every day. We, we don't have to work at making the Word of God relevant. It is relevant. It's a, a living Word that has been uh, used and, and functional and relevant for every generation that has been and will continue to be. And I, I think in the, in the day and age that we are, um, with this confusion issue that, that uh, seems to be so rampant, and really in just the last couple of years has it really gone like off the, off the ledge, and and uh, uh, sometimes I think we as churches are are a little slow to uh, step up and and try to combat some of uh, what's going on. We we don't have the uh, megaphones of the press. We don't have the megaphones of the TV, and uh, so much like uh, the world does. But uh, we have something far better. We have we have the Lord, and we have as local churches where. Uh, pastors need to be uh, preaching on some of these things to help equip you, and and uh, I pray that this uh, the series on confusion will be a blessing and a help. And um, this is kind of a springboard in into that. And and uh, last couple of messages, actually, if you think about it, we have been uh, want to uh, kind of deal with this. I was talking about challenges a, a couple of weeks ago, and. The, the challenges we face and in questions that we ask sometimes what God is doing. And I'm sure that there are many of us who are asking God, what, what, is, uh, what is he doing right now with all of the challenges that we have today? And, and uh, um, I just, I want to encourage you as we uh, deal with some of those challenges. And, and really, Psalm 3, we could title this challenges, uh, just like I did a, a couple of weeks ago, when I preached on challenges, we could do that again, but I, I hope that it can help you uh, in dealing with some high-stress situations that you may have to deal with in your life. And I've, I've preached Psalm 3 several times throughout the years, but uh, it never grows old, and, and uh, I know it can help us and in, in, in remind us when we get into those situations where uh, sometimes, if you think about it, when when you have law enforcement, when you have uh, the the military, uh, you uh, you you go through a lot of training, 
And they do that training for a reason, not only to equip you for uh, you know, what you're going to face in a battle, but there, there are many times that when you get into those situations, the adrenaline is running so fast that, and so much through your body that uh, you, they say like law enforcement when shooting a, a firearm that you lose the feeling in your fingers because of the, uh, of the adrenaline. And so it's the training that you, you rely upon and, and you don't think about it. You just revert to your training and it saves your life. Well, I, I think there are some of these uh, verses in Scripture and some of these passages in Scripture that we need to have so ingrained into our hearts and our minds that whenever we get into certain situations that in, in our training there are these passages that always come back to our mind that can help us in these situations. And Psalm 3 is one of those. When you think about what was going on when David wrote this, this was at a time in his life when he had been now king for uh, several years. He had uh, dealt with some bad decisions in his life. And uh, one of those bad decisions here is that uh, he hadn't dealt with Absalom, his son, really the way that he should have. And and, and so we see at this time that Absalom, one of his sons, had, had started a coup against him and was going to remove him from being king. And, and by that, he was going to kill his father. He's going to kill David. And, and so uh, David had to flee. And, and we do know that this was all a part of the judgment of David's sin with Bathsheba years before this. And so, and, and God had said, because of your, your wicked ways and things that you had done, you're going to, there is consequences for your sin, and, and he's now he's starting to pay for that. And so he's having to leave, and, and he's under a lot of stress and, and, uh, when he writes this. And, and it tells us in the story in Second Samuel, you don't need to go there, but you can read it later if you'd like in chapter 15. But it says that, so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And then later on in that chapter, it says, And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. Absalom had, had come in there and had won the hearts of the people and had won the hearts of even the, uh, I mean, we're talking about the, the, the soldiers and the military, and, and had won the hearts of many of those people and, and was going to be successful in his coup of, of uh overthrowing uh, David off of this throne. And it's at this time when David starts to flee this situation that he writes Psalm 3. And you can think about the high-stress situation that he was in, and, and sometimes we get in these kind of stressful situations. And there are times in the, in the battles that we are dealing with that we might even come to the point where we think that we are alone, and it's a Psalm 3 that in our training will bring us back to this and, and equip us for those days. And I pray that it'll help you as we go through this. Let, let's look at the troubles of David in verses 1 and 2. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. And so here, first of all, we think about the problems that, and, and, and he says that, how are they increased that trouble me? And, and I find this, this interesting, that, that word trouble, uh, uh, we, we look at this and, and see that it has the idea of someone who is an adversary or 
someone that's a foe, but uh, it also talks about being in, in a strait or being in a distressful situation. Boy, there are times where we get into those, and, and there are times where, where we are clamoring to, to try to get out of these situations, and, and, and we know that, and we look around, we think how we're in the minority, and, and the majority is after us, and, and here David is saying, Lord, how they are increased. I mean, you think about what David is going through right now, and, 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 and I, I, I can't imagine the, the disheartening uh, attitude that he probably had at this time. He had Ahithophel. Uh, Ahithophel had been his right-hand man. I mean, they, they had gone to the temple to, get, or to the tabernacle to worship together. They had walked through the city, and, and David had shared all of his hopes and dreams and desires as a king to, to this man who was walking right next to him. And, and, and I'm sure that they prayed together, they wept together, they rejoiced together, they, they had dinner together with their families, and and then it tells us that, that Absalom had even won the heart of Ahithophel over, and Ahithophel had turned on what David considered his best friend, considered him his best friend. I mean, you had you you had some of these military captains that that I I I, I can but help think that that some of these men that that had followed David and it, when he had been fleeing from Saul and, and they had been together for years and I mean they had fought some bloody battles together and they had shed blood and they had saved each other's lives and, and, and here we see that David had some of them even I believe that would have turned on him. Oh, there were many that had, had been in that wilderness and now they had, had turned on David thinking maybe something else was ba- better for them and and so here as he says this, how are they increased that trouble me? Boy, it is distressing. And sometimes we get the same way. And, 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 and sometimes we, we get this idea that we're in this fight alone by ourselves. And, and we start being troubled and, and we get anxious over these issues that are going on. And, and it might not be people that are turning on you. It might just be a distressful situation that you're in. And, and you're thinking that you're all by yourself. And and how big it is that uh, how they continue to rise up against me. Oh, and here we see that there are those that will stand up against you. There are those situations in your life that, that they're looming over you, and you think how, how big they are as they stand up and stand in your, your way, and they stand against you. And, and uh, here we see that there were many who had risen up against him, and uh, against his authority, and, 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 and here we know that uh, uh, they were trying to stop him from what God wanted, and we think about this so often in our lives, but can you also give thought to what Jesus went through? I, I mean, you, you think about the, the point in time where Jesus was hanging on that cross and, and cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I mean, everyone had turned upon him, and, and he took upon himself the sins of all mankind. The one thing that God had never experienced in his life is sin, because he's incapable of sin. Still incapable of sin. But he took upon himself the sins of all of mankind. And he took upon that the wrath of God. And here we see that God turned his back even on his son at that moment, and his wrath was all poured out upon Jesus Christ on that cross. And Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 
oh, there are times where we might get to this point and, and we can see the enemy and, and, and we can think about how, how big this, this situation is in our lives and think that we are in this alone and that there is no way that, that, that we are ever going to win out. And, 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 uh, but Jesus is the one that continues to remind us of his goodness and his mercy. And, and this is what he told his disciples in John 16. And he says this in verse 32 and 33. He says, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. Oh, and we know they did when he went to that cross, and they all scattered. And, but what does Jesus say? And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Oh, here we need to remember that even in our darkest hour, if we are a believer and we have trusted Christ and called on Christ to be our Savior, then I want you to know that you are not alone. And, and God is with us, and, and God can help us get through whatever the, the situation, the distress might be in our lives. And then he goes on, and many there be which say of my soul. Boy, we know that sometimes it's own mind playing games with us. Sometimes it's the challenge of those naysayers that are around us or, or the, the uh, angry and bitter world that's out there, and they're chirping at us, and, and they're constantly beating down on our, uh, on our heart's door and trying to um, distress us even more and bring us to a place where, where we think that we're in a completely hopeless situation and, and there's no way out of that. And, and David's saying here, that's what there, many would say of my soul. There is no help for him in God. The, the, the greatest insult in the world is that the world can look at you and say, your God can't do anything for you. Oh, how we, we see in the video the the, the atheists that are there, the God deniers that, that, that call the Bible fiction and say that God is nothing but a fairy tale. And, and there are those that, there are politicians today that mock those who are Christians today and they want to lie to you and, and tell you that Christianity teaches racism. No, it doesn't. The Bible doesn't teach racism. The Bible doesn't teach the trash that that the, the politicians or the press want you to try to believe. doesn't teach any of that at all. And we'll see that, and, and we'll see that uh, what, what God tells us in all of that. And, and they'll say that God is nothing but some imaginary figure like Mickey Mouse or, or Goofy or whoever, but can I tell you that God is real. And, and they can say it all that they want to, but, and they'll say, oh, there is no help from your God, and well, then David, what does he write after that? He writes the word Selah, right? You know what he says here? He says, that's what they say, but I want you to take a moment. This is what Selah means. I want you to take a moment and just exalt God for who he is. Exalt God Almighty. Every time you, you I, I find it interesting in that in the Old Testament, when you see the word God, G-O-D, you can know that that's Elohim or El, and, and it's talking about God Almighty, God of the universe, God of all power. He is the almighty God that, 
that we are worshiping, and, and it's Elohim, which is plural, which means God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, talking about the whole Trinity. It's the, uh, it, it envelops everything about who God is, and, and then you'll see the word Lord in L, little O, little R, little D, and that's Adonai. That's talking about Him being Lord and Master and, and we being His servant. You know, we worship our Lord also, and then we also worship the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, and that's Jehovah. That one, I believe, you can go through and find that majority, if not every time it's used, is referring to Jesus Christ himself. And he's our God. And sometimes, you know, what we need to do is we need to just stop and and consider the source of those who are the naysayers and, and, and just stop for a moment in the distresses that we're having, take a little bit of a breath, and magnify our God for who He is. God isn't surprised by anything that's going on here. God is the one that continues to allow things go the way that they're going. And so there are those who are trying to destroy his credibility, but you can't destroy God's credibility. You see, the devil is a bully. And it tells us that, and we know that his nature, that if he knows that he is intimidating someone, that he will just continue to grow bolder and bolder in his activity and, and continue to try to beat you up. And you, you know what God told us over in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 7? use this often, but we need to be reminded of this also. He tells us there, submit yourselves therefore to God. Look, first of all, submit yourself to the salvation that God has so freely given to everyone that if you will just understand and realize the need of a Savior because of your sinful state and you turn from that and, and, and turn to Jesus and look to Him for salvation, His saving work and His saving work being His death on the cross, the burial, the the resurrection and, and that entire body of work that Jesus has done, you place your faith in trusting that and that only for your salvation and Jesus Christ will save you. And he'll give you the eternal life that, that is freely given to anyone that will look to him and, and you trust him for that and you look to him for that. And, 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 then, he, and then as believers then, we submit ourselves to the leading of the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit lead us today? Do we walk outside and look up, up and into the sky and, and God's, I don't know, God says, Steve, thou shalt go do this today. It'd be all right if that worked that way, but it doesn't. You know, he, he wants us to put a little effort into this. And so he says, I've given you everything that you need to know about me and it's right here. So are you going to read it or are you not? The, the less you know of it, the less you know of God. The more you know of this, the more you're going to know of God. The more you know of God, the closer you'll get to God. The closer you get to God, the more like Christ you'll be. The stronger your faith will be. The challenges will come, but you'll fall back to what you've been trained in the Word of God. And you can, def you can fight whatever it is that comes in your life. And you can see that God is in it and your faith continues to grow and grow and grow. And, and you submit yourself, therefore, to God. And then he goes on and he says, resist the devil. And that means to actively oppose him. Stand your ground. You say, devil, you're not going to win this. 
and this battle is being fought by my Lord and my Savior in my life, and, and I give it to him, and I submit to him, and I resist you, and the devil will flee from you. That's what it says. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Oh, we need to understand that sometimes we give too much credit to our distresses, to our anxiety, to our, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, to our anger, to our bitterness, to our addictions, to whatever, whatever is trying to control you at the time. We, we give far too much. We, we let our politicians play way too much in, in our minds, and, and we let the press get too much activity in our hearts and our lives. And you, you know what? It really wouldn't hurt for you to just turn off the crazy TV every once in a while. And uh, uh, my wife and I, I love streaming everything. There is no stinking commercials when you stream. Isn't that nice? Well, now they're starting to do that, you know. But then you get on regular TV, and I am shocked at the commercials. I'm just shocked at what you see on the commercials. And, and, and the things that they're telling you that you need to do this for happiness, you need to do that for happiness, and they're always doing it in some, some guy with no shirt on or some girl with no clothes on. And that all is going to make you happy. And no, we don't need any part of that. And, and, and here we, we need to understand that we might think that the foe is great and, and we might see the distresses that are out there, but we need to realize how small they truly are when we're talking to God Almighty and leave them there with him and understand that he has things under control. And then look what he says here as we see his praise. We see things that, that he praises God for. Look at his protection in verse 3. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. Oh, we know that he is a shield. We, we know that he is his glory. I, I find it interesting as I was studying this and giving thought to this. And, and, and I do, I, I think about the shield, the the, the buckler, you can see him use that many times, and, and it's a shield of defense. And uh, we know in Ephesians 6 that it's the shield of faith, and, and by faith we trust God, and by faith we walk with God. By faith we know that whatever comes in our life, God is allowing that and, and going to be there to help walk us through that and, and, and help us to understand the good that's coming from that at some point in time. And and, and guard us from the attacks of the devil and the fiery darts of the devil. And, and, and we see him being our shield. And, and, but then I think this is interesting to me that he says, not only is he a shield for me, but he's also my glory. You know, you think about this, and I wrote some thoughts down about this. Here was David as he's, here he is, he's, he, he's riding out of town and and, and there are people who are mocking him. We, we know of the one man that was in the valley that was throwing rocks at him. And, and, and David's mighty men there were with him said, you want us to go take care of this guy? We'll cut his head off today. He said, no, let him go. Let him do what he's doing. And, and, and I deserve what I'm getting is, is more or less what David said. And, and here he was. He was being driven from his throne. He was being disrespected and hated. But but in all of this, I find this interesting that here's David writing this, and he says, Oh, Lord, you are my glory. Even in, even in these trials and, and even in all of this hatred, he knew that, 
that one day, whether in this life or in the next, that he was going to return in triumph and look to God for his glory and his honor. That's where it always resides, is in our Savior. You see, the world can mock at us in our faith, and the world can mock at us, saying that, that, that we're old and archaic in our ideas and our thoughts, and, and, and they, can, they can try to teach that, that, that the Bible is teaching about slavery, that don't let the world dictate to you anything about what they think the Bible says. They'll never understand the Word of God until they've been enlightened by the Holy Spirit of God. It'll only be a book to them, and they'll never have the true understanding of what God's Word means until they have the divine leading of the Holy Spirit in their heart. Don't let the world tell you what it says. Read it yourself and let the Holy Spirit help you in understanding what it says. Come to a church that preaches the Bible to the best of their ability and let them preach to you and let you learn more about the Word of God. God has said that He'll change the world through the preaching of His Word. And so let us preach His Word. Do we not? And so here David was driven from his throne, disrespected, but knew that one day in God's glory he would have that honor. And so we trust in God and we look to Him. And God, He also gives Him credit, says that that not only are you my shield and my glory, but the lifter up of mine head. Oh, we think sometimes that when your head is buried in grief or your head is buried in stress and you're just like, I cannot go on and I cannot continue to do these things, that it's God that lifts your head up and looks at you in the eye and reminds you of who he is. Who is he? Well, God is my defender. Is he yours today? Well, if he defends us, then who else do we need? He's the one who lifts up my head. He's the one that compasses me with honor and glory. He's the one that will hang Absalom upon the, on, on the limb in, a, in his long hair and end up watching him die. He's the one that already knows that Ahithophel is going to go down in infamy for what he had done and end up hanging himself. God is the one that knows all of these things. God is the one that, that as we cry out to him that he will hear us. And God is the one that, that is the lifter up of our head. And so the first thing that you need to do in, in all of your distresses, whatever they may be, then take a moment, meditate upon who God Almighty is, and then be reminded of what he is to you. He is your defender. You need no one else. You don't need the Facebook platform or whatever other social media platforms to tell everybody how innocent you are in some situation. All you have to do is just keep living your life the way that God wants you to live and let God do your defending. Oh, how many times do we see churches that are attacked? There have been times where, where this ministry has been attacked through the years. And, you know, the best thing you can do is just keep preaching and teaching the Word of God, loving people where they are and help them get where they need to be and, and, and be obedient to the best of your ability to the Word of God. And whatever they say, let them say it. And you'll just see God do something. And you know what I found, too, that many times God convicts those people and brings them around and shows them the truth of who we are. But God was his shield, and, uh, and, and so here we know that his protection, his shield, his glory, the lifter up of his head. And then verse 4, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Say, Locke, think on it again. Meditate and 
and exalt God for who he is. And and here I I, I think of this and and anybody else have what is it called? Is it tinnitus or were the ringing in your ears? Man, my wife and I, I, I think, I, I don't know, it must be the brush water, you know? I don't know. Ears ring, you know? And there's certain, man, I got home from that uh, funeral yesterday and, and sat down in a chair and all of a sudden it's just like, you know, and just loud and, and, and you can't get rid of it. And, and you know what? That's, that's like the world. I, it's kind of like, also, Nelson, it's kind of like after you shoot a, I, I, don't, I don't know, you shoot, shoot a 338 uh, Lapua, and it has a muzzle brake on it, and you're not smart enough to put on hearing protection. You know, I, I shot a snub-nosed 44 mag one time, little bitty pistol. I was shooting at a squirrel, and, and missed a squirrel, and I couldn't hear anything for a week. You know, just wee wee wee. You know, and it's so loud, and, and and it's so distracting, and 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 then everybody gets mad at you because that's all you see. You don't hear a thing. You know, they're telling you something. Like, Been there, right? Yeah. And, and some of you are sitting there right now, and, and, and you couldn't even tell that I didn't say or I did say something. You're already like that. You just look at me at this. Uh, and, but it's so loud. And, and we, hear, we, hear the, the, we hear the devil throwing these things out all the time. You, they, they have the megaphone. You know, that was the devil. Up there playing with the megaphone, you know. I'm just teasing. All right? Don't don't tell her I said that. She'll throw something at me. All right. <clears throat> all this noise, all this noise is going on, and and so often we just sit there in 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 stillness, and in the quietness, and we start thinking that we're all by ourselves, and and there's no way to battle this. Can I tell you? You know what you need to do? You need to just cry out. To God, cry out to Him. You know what I've also found that that uh, when I walk, I don't always do this, but can I tell you that when you're crying out to God, you're praying to God. Okay. Sometimes it really is helpful to pray out loud when you're with God, just you and God. I know some people would think that incredibly strange. That's why I sneak down and walk down on Dustin's property where nobody's at. And and only the dog and all only the wild animals hear me down there talking to myself. And I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to God. But you know how it can keep you. It it really does keep you focused, or it does me. I mean, when I'm just praying in my own mind and praying from my heart to God, I, I mean, pretty soon I'm thinking about you know I don't know all kinds of stuff. But if you pray out loud as you're walking and you're and you're crying out to God, do you know what you're hearing? You are hearing your voice talk to God. And guess what? You are not hearing all of the trash that keeps coming in from outside. And it really does help you. And I, I mean, I pray all the time in the car. I, I am certain that people pull up beside me and they think, man, that dude is having a great conversation with somebody on his phone, you know? And usually it's just me in the car and me and the Lord having a chat, you know? And it's a great place to pray. And especially if Kareth is driving, you know? But here we see that I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Isn't it awesome to know that God is sitting on his throne in heaven, a place that we have no idea how large in the expanse of it, 
but he hears every one of us and he hears every cry that we're calling out to him. God can help you with whatever the issue is. I want you to know that. And, and I hope that you know that. And I hope that whenever situations arise in your life, you can come back to Psalm 3 and remember these things. And, and then I love this in his protection, that, and, and, and we pray to him, and, and we're praying out loud that he also gives us peace. Look at this. Uh, and, and as I get older, the more I appreciate verses like this. I laid me down and slept. Where did he lay down? In a field with his son chasing him, seeking to kill him. And he lies down, not in the palace, not over his throne, but he's out in a field somewhere or in a cave, hiding from, his, from someone that is trying to kill him. Tens of thousands who have swarmed around him, wanting to take his life. And he says, and I laid down and slept. Well, how good is that? How good is it to be reminded whenever you wake up and, and you can't go back to sleep or maybe you never were able to go to sleep and you're just lying there and you're, you got all these things going through your mind and you, you know one of the most powerful things you can do, pray obviously, but also uh, and instead of you pouring out all of that to God, I found that it's far better in that loud, noisy time that you know what? Just stop from that. Just open up the Word of God and let God talk to you. And spend some time in His Word. Every time, every time that I've done this and I get up and I just read, I have such a clarity during that time. And then when I'm finished, I pray, I pray and ask God to help me find something. I read His Word. might be an hour, might be two hours. But then I'm able to lie back down and go back to sleep. God is so good to us, and, and we need to realize the power that is there in front of us. And I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. Anybody here ever use crutches? Well, that's the word sustained. You, you can lean on him. You, you, can, you can trust that he'll hold you. A lot better than Gary Norris. You guys remember Gary? I had knee surgery, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years ago, and we lived over here and, and came home from surgery and couldn't put any weight. I had, had my ACL replaced, and so I'm trying to figure out those crazy crutches, and I'm still loopy as I could be with whatever they gave me, you know, and, and I'm climbing those steps, and I got to the top step, and I started going backwards. And Gary Norris was the only one there to help me. I thought we were all going to die, you know, I'm sure glad that God's a little stronger and bigger than Gary Norris. And he sustains you. And he can carry you when he needs to. And we need to trust him. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. You know, the and I'm almost done, but the courage of Joshua, when you get to Joshua chapter 24, and he stands in front of millions of the Israelites, and he says, you go do whatever you want. You go and you want to follow your other gods and your idols, then you do whatever it is that you want to do. But I want you to know that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he told them all. 
Well, that challenge is coming to you, and, and the devil keeps flaunting himself and prating himself down the streets and, and mocking the Word of God and mocking true, genuine Christianity. And, and there are those who want to cower and hide in the closet or, or, or hide behind the crowd. And, 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 and somebody asks, well, are you saved or not? Or are you a believer? And you, you know, and then, or maybe you're more like Peter and you cuss up a blue streak. So many people think that you're not. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's like that or not. But here, but I know there are those that are out there. But instead, you know what we ought to do? We not, not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. <clears throat> God is greater. God is greater. I, I love, <coughs> excuse me, I don't know about his walk. Don't know. You, you know, I, I don't. So you just take it at face value. But the young man that's a quarterback for the for the the Houston team, and, and they won last week, and they interviewed him, and and the first thing that he did is he gave credit to Jesus Christ being his savior, and ABC edits it out, and and takes that part of his speech out, and, and you think, well, you you know, and you think all that, but look how God used that. I, I mean, I now what you see is is you see the hypocrisy of what ABC did, and and now God gets the honor and the glory. I love that. I love how He can take things like that and make it a positive thing, and and I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for that young man giving God credit. Not that I'm a Houston fan or anything like that. Not that I'm really even a football fan, but but I'm I'm a fan for anybody that's going to give God glory and credit. And praise the Lord for that, and I'm glad that he did it, and I'm, I, I think it's great when, when here he is, he says that, and, and these guys think they're smart to do that, and then God blows it up and makes it into something far bigger than what they ever expected. And so then he says, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone, thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. And oh, how we know that God gives him victory. And Absalom dies an infamous death. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. I'll end with this. I'll talk about a blessing, that, that the kind of blessings that God gives. It's not something that money can buy. I had a lady come to me after the funeral yesterday, and an elderly lady, and I'm not going to say she was extremely old, but she was, el- she was older than me, okay? <clears throat> and she came to me, and, and she said, I just, I just want to share with you years and years and years ago when Bill and Alice Harding were new believers that they had a meeting with me and my husband, and Bill led my husband to the Lord. And she said, and because of that, my children now have all trusted Christ, serving the Lord, and we have a godly heritage because somebody was willing to share the gospel. That's the kind of blessing that I'm talking about. Money can't buy that. Money can't buy when, when you have made an eternal difference in someone's life. That's the blessings that God's talking about. Can I tell you? You, you might be wading through something right now, a, a real challenge in your life. And it, and, it has dis- and it has caused all kinds of stress. It's caused all kinds of, maybe it's caused fights in your family. 
Maybe it's caused a lot of uh, uh, dark feelings in your in your mind, and 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 maybe it's even driven you to do some things that you're ashamed of that you've done. But can I tell you, you just need to get back to where God wants you to be, and rely upon your training and rely upon the truth of what Psalm three tells us, and go back to where He wants you to be. You walk with Him, and you trust Him, and I don't care how big that problem looms over your head. It's not near as big as Elohim. God Almighty, the creator of the universe, the one who loves you and me, the one who saved you on that moment when you trusted Christ as your Savior, adopted you into his family. Well, he loves you today, and he can deliver you out of whatever the issue may be, and he'll use it, not only in your life, But he will use what you go through and as you walk in faith to make an eternal difference in someone else's life. Those are the blessings. And you know what? You may never see that until the day you get to heaven. But you'll find out, oh, it's all worth it. It truly is worth it. Our God is big. He's far greater than any issue we may deal with. Let us look to him and let's trust him. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray your blessings upon it. I pray, Lord, if there are decisions that need to be made, someone needs to trust you as their Savior, that, Lord, today they won't leave here until they have it settled. If they have questions about it, they'll seek us out and, and, and ask and have someone sit down with them and show them exactly to know for sure and know for certain that they're on their way to heaven. And, Lord, for believers, let us leave things on the altar that need to be left there and let us get up and let's be uh, refreshed and cleansed and let us walk in, in the way that, and in the light that you would have us to walk and use us, Lord, to make an eternal difference in those around us. Bless and guide us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 534, there's room at the cross for you. You need to. Let's get things settled today. If there's things you need to get rid of, today's the day. Pray and leave it here today on this cross with God and Leave it at the altar and know that God's got it and uh, what a joy it is. Let's all stand as we sing, 535. there's room at the cross for you. Looking forward to service tonight, 5 o'clock, choir practice at 4. And uh, I think that's, oh, don't forget it. You want a cup? Grab a cup on the way out. We'll uh, have those ready for you. God bless. You are dismissed.